Alright, we are here at 203 Kombucha, which is here in Palmer, Alaska. It's a really cool setup, but we're here with David, and we're going to let him kind of introduce himself and tell us what he got going on down here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, we're sitting in what we call the kombucheri. Uh It's a sort of a bar-style tap room, but um, open back with fermenters and bright tanks and equipment kind of visible. We wanted to have kind of an industrial brewery feel, but one where, uh, because we don't serve alcohol, the you know kids and families can, can come in here without a problem. But yeah, we started um, making kombucha in late 2017 uh, as a business under 203 Kombucha. I've been doing it just for a few years prior to that. Um, I came up to Alaska just over two years ago, I guess that would be. I was coming from uh, California, had a job, worked as an engineer, and uh, wanted a different life. So like many people, I just sort of packed up the car, quit the job, and came on up and started uh, 203 Kombucha from a dry cabin in Sutton. And after you know a pretty quick response from farmer's markets, I upgraded and bought bigger equipment and... Um, that's where we are today. We're kind of a 80, 20, 80% retail. We've got a pretty solid um, 20% or so wholesale business everywhere from, you know, Anchorage, anywhere up to uh, Fairbanks, even at times. So the tap room is kind of our main focus here and we just want to have a good time here. All right. Excellent. And now um, I know we've talked to another kombucha place, but if you want to just kind of give us the quick rundown for people that might not have listened to that one. Just kind of what kombucha is and what benefits it has for you. Yeah, the quick the quick version is it's a fermented probiotic tea drink. So um, all kombucha starts with some sort of uh, base. I say tea because uh, most of it's made with an actual the actual tea plant, green tea, black tea, white tea. We also have some that are made with uh, red tea. Some that are made with yerba mate. You can make a, you can make it out of other things as well. But we focus on keeping those as tea bases, and then we ferment it from anywhere, uh, usually three ish weeks, maybe sometimes four when it's a little colder out. And during that fermentation process, um, yeast and bacteria eat the tea nutrients um, and produce different types of acids and some carbon dioxide and what you get in the final product is a fizzy, um, slightly tangy flavored probiotic drink that's supposed to help um, with body pH as well as um, gut biome. Yeah, I can say this is my first time actually drinking kombucha and I have so far sampled the beet, carrot, ginger, and lemon cayenne ginger and it tastes nothing like I thought it would. I've always heard it has like kind of a real musky, kind of tangy taste to it. It's an acquired taste, I've heard a lot. And I can honestly say this is pretty damn good. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, traffic that comes in thinking it, it's a bar because it, it does look like a bar. We, we use similar equipment to a local brewery. We have the, the final product is delivered on draft through kegs, just like a bar. We So... Sometimes it's a little bit of a an eye opener when I say we're not a bar and, and I offer that drink to whoever's in here, and um, 
it, it is an interesting taste. I would say it's not acquired in that like sometimes it, it is good right off the bat. We do second ferment them with a variety of, st- of, of different um, fruits and vegetables. So the beet carrot ginger one you were trying, we use local organic beets and local organic carrots and um, we juice everything here. And what you get is a, a very true to, to taste beet ginger flavor so yeah you if you really really don't like beets you may not like it but i i still think even the people that are um not big beet lovers tend to say it's got a good flavor so I, that is a good one it's, that that would yeah. be me i am not a beet person even though i've been in a kit in the kitchen for 10 years i still have the palate of a five-year-old when it comes to vegetables that one was really good and i'm gonna try one here the hibiscus lime yeah, so with each flavor, you can we've selected a, a specific tea base for that flavor. So the hibiscus lime is made with a, an organic English breakfast. Um, it's not always possible up here, but in products like the kombucha, it's exceptionally um, it's extra important that you use organic products. We've got organic teas, organic sugars, organic fruits and vegetables, and um, seasonal is great too. Things that are local, like the beets and the carrots. Um, we've also our number one seller is this uh, rooibos rhubarb so it's a a red tea and uh, we use local uh, rhubarb that we just grind up squeeze and um, add to the fermenter so you get a very um, it's an Alaskan favorite I mean rhubarb is before I moved up here to Alaska I rarely saw rhubarb outside of like a, a really sweet pie with, you know, tons of strawberries and stuff. But up here, rhubarb is sort of a, a staple vegetable. So I'm trying to really incorporate that in stuff, and it seems to be doing well. Yeah, that's a – I just tried the rhubarb as we were talking about it. It's a nice kind of light flavor. It's not overpowering. And honestly, I could drink this just like a soda. I mean, it has that natural sweetness to it. Yeah, it's got a the, – the sweetness is very based on how long you let it ferment um, and your initial – you know, but we follow a pretty standard recipe. Most kombucha breweries or kombucha people at home, it's kind of a standard recipe, you know, a gallon of tea, a gallon of water, a cup of sugar, and, you know, approximately a normal strength tea. Um, you scale that recipe pretty well. It gets a little tougher with the pH controls and temperature controls in the vats that we have at this size. We, But uh, we've spent some time researching and for now, it's coming out pretty good. It's still a taste. It's still a taste. Uh, you know, it's done when it tastes right, kind of thing. That's how that's how we're doing it. But so now but you yeah. mentioned you use a lot of uh, local organic uh, vegetables and fruits for your flavors. Now, how important is staying organic, staying sustainable to Alaska to you guys? It, it's incredibly important. I mean, there's enough. Um, farmers around here that can source you with the right stuff um now there's a little bit of a you know my personal feelings about about how to further i I guess have the smallest impact negative impact you know if you have organic strawberries that are shipped up here from chile versus getting them from down the road we would default to getting local so my priority is local and then just below that is organic so i'd rather have um you know low if the beets or the carrots our beets and carrots are always organic but rhubarb for instance we get it from bushes bunches down the road here right his stuff is not always organic but 
to buy organic stuff from out of state is obviously going to be a bigger environmental impact than getting it from down the road. In addition to that, from what the many conversations I've had with the Alaska farmers around here, um, just the climate in Alaska and the soil and the need to use excessive pesticides and herbicides is just so much smaller. It, it, there's, there's a lot, it's a lot less prevalent than what you might see in California. So the soil is better, the sun is better. It's, it's uh, not as necessary to use these, these incredible pesticides. There's not the pests that you have in um, California. So to say something is not organic doesn't mean that, you know, the farmers are dipping it in <laughs> gross chemicals. It's pretty, it's a very natural farming uh, kind of state. So it is important to, to get fresh juices in there. If you use a concentrate or a flavoring, um, it's going to, it's not going to taste as good. It's not going to have the same kind of vitamins. It's not going to have the same mouthfeel. It's just, it's just different, you know, artificial flavoring or even just concentrates it just doesn't deliver the final product the way I, the way we want to have it. So let's say it's like uh, taking a can of orange juice compared to a fresh Correct. Yeah. orange juice. Now um, I know I heard about you guys from another local business that does events with you. I know community is a very big thing for you guys. So if you want to kind of just let our listeners know about some of the awesome events and community things you do here. Yeah. I, it's really been interesting because Kombucha is what we make here. Um, we are branching into the coffee world a little bit too. But the response I, I've seen over the past uh, year has been mostly, well, it, they, they enjoy the product. Certainly, it seems like I'm getting feedback that they're glad that we're serving kombucha. But the community is also just excited to have a new community space to utilize. So what we've kind of done is help let them decide what we can do with this space. So what that's looked like so far has been a community events style calendar where we have um, Wednesdays, for instance, we have a trivia night and people can come out with their families and friends and, and kind of play a medium to sometimes highly competitive trivia <laughs> for an hour or so. We've got open mic on Friday that has been primarily, you know, singer songwriter, opportunities but we have seen some really interesting nights with poets and writers and comedians that are very local that just wanted a new place to go and kind of just try their material we have an interesting rotation of what we call the art corner over over here to my right there's plenty of art in alaska and putting it up on the walls in your space is a good way for artists to get something um, seen what we wanted to do with a different twist is not just have a rotating art on the wall, but instead to dedicate a space or a wall, uh, in our case, a corner here, and ask the artist to make the work here in the space. We're on our fourth artist, and um, by making it in the space during hours that we're open, uh, there's a lot of fun interaction between the artists and just our normal customers. And it helps people understand the value of art. And then what we do is have a big art party night, like a kind of like a, I mean, almost like an art opening if you were going to, you know, LA or something. Okay. And we um, sell raffle tickets and maybe for five or 10 bucks, you get a ticket. And then we just raffle off the art. And what's happened is that the artist sees more revenue. Everything goes to them. 
And then you might go home with a piece of art having only spent 10 bucks. So it's sort of a win-win because the goal is to get artists some, some cash so they can keep doing what they love to do, but also to just help everybody elevate, you know, their experience, maybe their house by just putting a nice piece of art up. So maybe you win. And if you don't, it's only 10 bucks. So it's not, it's a fun loss. It's a, it, if you don't win, it's kind of a, you still know you supported them. So the art corner is a great, uh, has been a really great um, experience. And then, I mean, I get calls every week for uh, weddings or receptions or birthday parties. Um, we're actually going to be uh, the meeting spot for the Women's March on Saturday at 9. Um, but basically, the space is kind of here to use, and we haven't said no yet. So we're just asking for ideas, um, and anything that you want to do, we'll, we'll, we're, we're trying to find a way to work it out. That's awesome to see you take something something that you're passionate about and to be able to allow other people to come in and kind of show what they're passionate about too. Cause I know Palmer, it's a growing community, but it's still kind of a small community. So it's kind of cool to see somebody come in and kind of open up people's eyes and ideas to other, other events. Now, do you guys have anything coming up here in the near future? We do. That you'd like to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, in addition to consistently, Every Wednesday and every Friday, we have Wednesday trivia nights starts at six o'clock, and Friday open mic starts at five o'clock. We have we are hosting the Women's March this Saturday, or hosting that's a stretch, right? We are we're the we're the meeting spot. Um, we want to help facilitate this, and that's a great example of something that you know they they came to to us and said we want a, a nice place to stay warm, have a cup of coffee or a kombucha before we do our thing, and um, I think it's great. So we're here to support them. So. That's this Saturday. We're going to start gathering about 9.15. The other big thing I wanted to, to kind of plug today is on February 1st, we are having our one-year anniversary party. We opened this place one year um, ago on February 1st. So we're adding hours. Our hours are going to be 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday. So on February 1st, we are going to have... Um, our espresso machine has been tested and it's up and running. So we're going to have, uh, as far as I know, first in the Valley, um, oat milk lattes, um, and Americanos and Italian dopios and no flavorings. Just, we have these three classic Italian coffee offerings and, um, we're going to increase our toast menu. So we have avocado toast at the moment, really fun, uh, little snack. And then we're going to add cinnamon sugar toast and, an almond butter and preserve toast and, you know, trying to keep our prices reasonable. So, you know, kids after school can come get a kombucha and a toast, but on the first, we're going to be offering samples and free tastings of all this stuff. So basically come by anytime between 11 and 8 PM on, um, February 1st, we're going to have great music in the evening. Uh, we're gonna, we might have some, uh, some other kind of fun surprises too. So, so you don't want to miss that. Now, you were talking about expanding into the coffee. I you Before we started, you gave me a sample of the Nitro cold brew coffee, which is really good. I mean, I'm one of those people, I take 5% coffee to 65% creamer, and that was, I mean, it needed no cream. What kind of got you guys started in uh, bringing new coffees and styles up here compared to I can go down the road and get a latte from... The 555 yeah. coffee shacks in a mile. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's fun, right? There's a lot of options, but there's always something missing. Um, so in our case, um, 
the coffee shop in town here, the, the sit-down coffee shop, doesn't have nitro cold brew coffee. In fact, I couldn't find one in a shop or a, even a drive through around here. So um, we have all the equipment. We have kegging. We have taps. And nitro cold brew coffee is like an amazing summer coffee. So this past summer, um, I, I work with Ethereal Coffee. It's a local coffee roaster in town here, again, for single, for organic, fair trade coffee. Because we had the equipment, we wanted to just give it a try. And sure enough, because there wasn't a place to go get it, it just it's just kind of got crazy. And it is a fun way to serve coffee. It fits with um, the draft experience, the draft style. We are a sort of in-house coffee shop. We are not going to carry any paper uh, to-go cups. We've got no plastic to-go cups. If you want to take kombucha to-go, we have the grower, hower refill option, which is a good one. And for the coffee, it's the same thing. It's you're going to get it in a mug for here, and if you wanted to take it to go, you've got to bring one in. We're going to have a, a few, you know, branded reusable coffee mugs, but we're going to, as much as possible, it's going to be a no paper, no plastic kind of place. So that will that's what makes us different. It's going to be a sit-down coffee place. That's the goal. Yeah, I was just going to notice that as I was kind of looking around here, that everything's served in glass, which I personally believe is... The right way to go with especially being up here in alaska we we're definitely seeing not to get political but we're seeing the effects of climate change in, in this last couple of years i know this summer we're hitting 90 degrees on the train was crazy and living so close to the water we see the effects of plastic so i think that's amazing to see a small local business take a stand yeah like it's that, really kind of going that way it's just you know it every individual has a has a responsibility to just not be wasteful. Some of it's some of it you can think about it everywhere from maybe it's a global warming issue to you. To me, it, it's a lot of things. Some of it is just efficiency. I just I think that it's something we should just not be wasteful. We can do it without it, and um, the support has been really great. So um, I want to try to promote that. And then as a business, we have a little bit of a bigger burden because we have a, a larger impact. If we don't sell paper cups you might you might come in here and be a little bit ticked off the first time but you know i could also challenge you to just bring your cup i know you've got one everyone <laughs> has some travel mug that they got from a i don't know a giveaway at a radio station or some conference or they're like a nickel at bishop's attic to so just go buy one they already exist let's not make anything new if it already exists so that'll be pretty interesting to see the response so far been pretty good we're kind of using models similar to like the muskox farm awesome venue when they've got a, a sweet band, actually, they got one coming up right on their headline. It says, bring your own cup for your beer, you know, and that's really cool. And uh, I, I love that concept. So we're going to we're going to borrow that for sure. Excellent. So I just tried this jasmine green mm-hmm. and I am I've never found a green tea that I can drink. And this is probably all these amazing flavors I've tried. This is probably my favorite one. The jasmine—that's a—that's a good sign. The jasmine one is very natural tasting. It doesn't have a, a second ferment. It's basically just the base, the base tea. So it's a little trickier to get the final thing dialed in because we're not dumping in ten gallons of fresh beet juice. It basically just you know, yeah, you, you should take some of that at home. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting. So this is my business. I started it with essentially my own. I guess we call that retirement or whatever. I had a, I had a fancy engineering job 
I worked at a nuclear power plant for 10 years and um, this is this is what I wanted to do. And um, since we've opened, I, I have a new employee who was so interested in the company. It made me really evaluate like wages and you know what it's like to be in the service industry and how it can be really rough. And um, him and I talked it over and um, we started what uh, has now become like an employee ownership model. So Brian is now a 10% owner in the company. And from the research I've done, the businesses that I've seen out there that have employee ownership models, just having stake in the game is, it's really helped our quality go up. You know, him and I are always thinking about the company as our own um, versus like a little paycheck here or there. So I, I would like to see uh, to see other businesses start to explore that. So maybe a different podcast or something you can uh, find some find some some expertise out there because I yeah. I need to know about the next step. But yeah, that, it's been an interesting experience. That that's a really good uh, point of avenue to look down because I know myself being a chef, I've done work for the mom and pop guy, get my paycheck, go out the door, no questions asked, and I've done places where I do have skin in the game. Yeah. And it does make a huge difference. And I think besides just the quality product, I think it brings the business out more to the community because you're more likely, your employees are more likely to go out and tell everybody, hey, come check this out since they got skin in the game compared to the guy that just goes home, plops down, plays video games, says I'll be back in on Monday. Yeah, and I think that the service industry is... Um, a tough one to survive. Uh, <laughs> Brian is in a unique position where, you know, he can, his day-to-day life and his expenses are, are covered for the most part by one service industry full-time job that, you know, pays, like this is a tip job, right? You know, people are pretty generous. They'll give you a buck or whatever. So that's been really great. Um, but it's it's not enough for most people out there. You know, I if, that. so we're I trying to that. figure out, you know, how to make it work and, and, he came up with this concept called thoughtful profitability, which means that it's a balance between how the employee should be paid or the ownership model, but also keeping prices reasonable because we want customers to be happy. We're not, we don't want to get rich off customers. We don't want the employees to get rich off the business. We want everybody to kind of have a shared interest. So it's been a really, it's been a really fun concept. So I'm just, I'm loving the support from the community on that. So we have so much to do to give back to that. And I mean, it's one thing here in Alaska, uh, we're world famous for our sky high prices up here. And it's, I mean, the prices are not bad at all here. And it's, it's kind of interesting to see when you go down to the lower 48s, the, the prices of everything, because we get used to it. Yeah. Like for us paying $4 for a gallon of milk really doesn't seem that bad anymore yeah compared to when you go down so it's really interesting to see how businesses cope with that especially when we are such a tourist-based economy tourists coming up i'm sure they've got just pure sticker shock they can and and uh and you don't want to scare them away and that's part built into this business model is more you know sweat work than there is convenience work so when something we have to work together to get it fixed between mostly just me and Brian or, and occasionally we have to ask for professional help, obviously, but we we're just keeping our expenses down. The business is keeping expenses down just like I keep my personal expenses down. So I don't need the business 
to pay off my personal luxuries, right? So it all, it all balances out really well, but there are challenges every business is deal with up here um, with Alaska specific costs. Like you, we talked a little bit about shipping offline here, but that's a big one. You know, every time I want to get something shipped up here, <laughs> it's, 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 it's expensive. So we, we all understand that. I, I don't want to use it as an excuse. So I'm trying to still, you know, kind of compromise with, with, customers on that now uh, one thing i always love to ask people in any type of business up here is i know alaska's undergoing so much change where do you see the next five years or so the big changes coming for you i know uh we talked a little bit about the conception that people have alaska so far behind but they're so hungry for new stuff and obviously kombucha is pretty new up here oh yeah so where, where do you see kind of the trends or the changes coming in your sector yeah. I think that food and beverage and entertainment are, are going to um, grow and catch up with that trend gap that really is just, it's conceptual, you know, to think that it's not, a, you can say things like it isn't here as in like, it may not be available to go to a, a evening cocktail, craft cocktail bar in Palmer. Yeah, you can't do that. But do the people want that? Of course they do. So Alaska is maybe behind because there's been a little lack of uh, businesses taking particularly new risk. You know, a, a business that has tried and true customers is more promising than a, a risky type business. This, the landlord had, w had some concerns, <laughs> never heard the word kombucha. This is, you know, are we going to be able to pay the bill? So I think the younger people are going to start moving up here. And the more people travel to Seattle and Portland, their tastes for, you know, just different quality foods, a variety of foods, drinks, entertainment, it, they come back with that need. And I, I think that there's going to be more businesses popping up that are, I don't know, kombucha places, a crafty cocktail bar. You can see the distilleries in Anchorage are kind of, they're kind of twisting that a little bit. So you can go there for really fancy, you know, late afternoon drink. I mean, there's some, there's just some new ways that, that people can eat and drink and have fun that I think if businesses want to take those kinds of risks, which is not even a risk, I mean, I'm all for it. So, um, I think there'll be more people staying around and Alaska won't become as much of a, uh, seasonal work culture and, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I have noticed even in the few years that I've been up here, cause I've only been in Alaska for about three years now. Mm -hmm is seeing the new businesses taking the chance of staying year round yeah. instead of hitting their summer and then disappearing. And it's amazing to see businesses such as yourself and other ones making Alaska a year round destination compared to come work for the summer, go exactly. back somewhere else. And I, I, I have to say just real quickly, it was amazing. I, I had been, um, I wouldn't say complaining, but certainly voicing some uh, annoyance that I couldn't find a place that had like a, a late, early afternoon brunch that was kind of fancy. You can get like a, a little champagne, orange juice, mimosa. And sure enough, I, I got a, a call from the owner of Turkey Red and she's like, hey, we're having our first brunch. And I went and it was so great. It felt like a, a new place, you know, a very specific food menu item that was just 
perfect for that day. And I, I don't know. So I think things like that will uh, start to show up more and more, like just just kind of higher gourmet quality foods. And I don't know. But we'll see. So bounce your ideas off me. We'll just do something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to tell people where they can find you when they're here in the Palmer area. And uh, if you want to throw out your social media hashtags, that way people can follow you online because that's kind of the main way I found you. And yeah. I've been very piqued by it. So, yeah, we are 203 Kombucha, but O as in like 0203 Kombucha. Um, we're out here on the corner of uh, Valley Way and Arctic. So we're 105 South Valley Way. But you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at just 203 Kombucha. We also have 203kombucha.com. If you're in Palmer, you can get it here at our place. Um, you can go to the Ale House. We've got it at uh, Turkey Red, at Humdingers, and Non-Essentials. Um, if you're in Anchorage, you can go to La Bodega. You can go to... Um, uh, Double Shovel Cider Co. They've got it in Girdwood. They've got it. I mean, it's it's kind of growing more and more in the wholesale. Um, so that's that's a good thing to keep your eye on. That we'll start posting some more updates on on who's got it. But I encourage you to get out here for a trivia or a or an open mic on a Friday. Make a day out of it. If you're coming from Anchorage, visit Palmer and you know kind of see what we've got for a day. I, you can definitely fill an afternoon. And we will post all of those links onto our show notes. And David, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about kombucha and the space that you have going on out here. And we hope to kind of follow up with you and uh, we'll share some of those live events that you have coming up. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.